any daunting task in business, anything that is that seems overwhelming that way, is always easier when it's done by more than one person. Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Do you struggle with getting your message in front of the right people? I don't mean figuring out which of the many social media channels to be out there. Whenever you have a new offer or a new opportunity or even a new resource that you really want to share with your community, do you struggle with getting your community to actually open your emails? I have created a really awesome in-depth workshop where we'll go through exactly how you can use a welcome series. It's a series of five to seven emails that people get when they first join your list that creates a curated customer experience and leads to higher engagement rates, higher conversion rates, and higher open and click rates. You can join me and grab your ticket at theaudienceconverter.com slash workshop. If you've ever wanted to create an engaged community that you know is going to be more eager to open your messages, learn about your offerings, and of course, expand the audience in which see your offer and have the opportunity to invest their time, energy, resources, and money with you, this is definitely an option for you to get those welcome series written. So this three-hour workshop will be a get-it-done style, training, time to write, and time to get feedback. Grab your ticket at theaudienceconverter.com slash workshop. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter, and marketing strategist. And today I am incredibly excited to talk about a, a topic a lot of us want to know more about. And it's a really great way to grow your community, to grow uh, your impact, and, and to get in front of more of the right people. But some of us are a little bit lost as to how on earth to get started with that. And that is networking. And how can we make networking really work for us? So, of course, to help me talk about this amazing topic. I've got a wonderful guest on the show today. Today, we are talking with Paul Edwards. In short, Paul calls himself a first-generation Spanish-speaking immigrant, which is very, very intriguing to me, uh, to the United States with African and Middle Eastern uh, heritage. He's lived in five different countries, speaks two languages, holds three passports. I'm a little bit envious of the three passports part. I I definitely do miss my own travels. And he wears a lot of hats. He's a best-selling author. He's a podcast host. He's an executive ghostwriter and, of course, a strategic networker husband, father, older brother to younger men, men's competitor, amateur theologian, voice mimic, and recovering insurance salesman. And I must say, I I like that part that you're a recovering insurance salesman. So uh, Paul, thank you so much for being here and uh, welcome to the show. Jim, it's great to be here. And um, it's it's actually rare. Um, Sometimes I get people will will read parts of my uh, of my bio that I that I send out there. It's rare to have it read in full. And as I as I sit there and think about it, as you go from one, as you went from one piece to the next, I was just, it sometimes stops me in my tracks to realize I've done all that, you know, and I am all that. So, 
but great to be here and thanks for having me. It's always nice to kind of hear like the things we've done uh, by somebody else, right? We're always bad at like realizing what we've accomplished and then somebody else starts listing things off and you're like, oh, I guess. Yeah, that, that sounds right. So happy to have you here. Welcome. And, you know, let's just go ahead and dive on in. You know, you said that you're a recovering insurance salesman. So how do you get from insurance sales to becoming a master networker? You know, the funny thing about insurance is that nobody wants to talk about insurance. It's, it's one of those uh, dead-end subjects. In fact, when I was in the business, I used to jokingly refer to it as the subject that must not be named. And um, what I found, though, was I had this expectation to sell it. And people didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want to be sold. They didn't want to be, you know, cornered and, and pressured into, uh, uh, you know, switching carriers or switching agents or anything like that. And yet, every single person that I knew has got to have it, right? You got to have it to drive a car. You got to have it to own a home. You should have it on your life. You should have it on your business, et cetera, et cetera. And I discovered quickly that if I kept trying to make any conversation I had with people about insurance, they clammed up immediately. Didn't want to talk about it, you know, would have, they'd start avoiding me. And so I said, well, if, that's, if they don't want to talk about that, then what do they want to talk about? You know, what, what is interesting? And it so happened, I was making the rounds in most of the networking uh, events and venues that I knew about. Everybody in that room was a business owner or a marketer or a salesperson. So I started changing the conversation and making it about building a personal brand and building relationships and digital marketing and all of the, you know, all of the wonderful business applications that were coming of age at that time, particularly on Facebook. And it changed the game for me. I started to get referral business in my sleep. I would go, I would show up at my office and thinking, I wonder how I'm going to generate leads today. And I wouldn't have to, it would be done for me because the people that I was meeting and, and building friendships with and, and consistently seeing at networking groups, I was branding my value to them by continually showing up and they were doing the selling for me. So all I had to do was, you know, return the call of the person or, or answer the email and, uh, and convert that prospect into a client. It made, a, made for a wonderful run of several years in the insurance business where I had basically created my own unpaid sales force. Definitely. And uh, I like that phrasing, right? An unpaid sales force, which is kind of what all of us, I think, aspire to have, essentially. I'm a big believer that, you know, building a community around what you do is one of the best business models, not only for increasing your impact and increasing uh, the kind of change that you can bring, but also because when you create people that are really enthusiastic about you, they know, like, and trust you, and they're eager to tell their friends about you, which is essentially what we're talking about here, it becomes like you don't even have to think about that aspect of the business. I mean, I'm not saying abandon it because there's always different ways and different things that you can be testing, but it's true, right? I mean, you, you got leads who came to you and that's kind of what a lot of us are looking for is how can we get more people to learn about us without it seeing pushy, without it seeming salesy. So this, that's a very, uh, I love that introduction to kind of how you made that transition. Yeah. You know, the thing is, Kim, with, as you've discovered, no doubt, uh, with what you do, any daunting task in business, anything that is, that seems overwhelming that way is always easier when it's done by more than one person. 
many hands maketh light work, as the old saying goes, right? And so what I did was I took the task of marketing and spreading the word about myself and I spread it across, you know, probably a network the size of 100 people here locally where I live. Maybe more than that. But out of that, you had, you know, probably 20 to 30% of them who were really raving fans who would just recommend me to everybody. And then there were others who maybe they weren't raving fans, but here and there they would supplement, you know, they would make up the difference of uh, what I would have otherwise had to go out and, you know, and, and make a bunch more phone calls. And so just that age old principle of dividing up the labor without increasing your capital outlays, as it were. And, and lo and behold, you've got yourself more incoming uh, business opportunities than you know what to do with sometimes. Absolutely. It's definitely true when you're able to kind of put that kind of large daunting task into many hands, it does seem like it takes, it's not as scary, right? And I know a lot of my clients, for example, uh, marketing is one of those things that they don't like doing and they're kind of afraid of it, partially because they don't know how to hand it off. They don't know what to do to even get started or how to approach it so that it's fun and it's a reflection of them instead of feeling like it's it's weird. But I think a, a big portion of it is, is that they're trying to do it all themselves and they feel like they have to be everywhere doing everything. And that's just not the case, right? You need to be focusing on what are you great at? Where are your people? And what's the best use of your time? So I love this uh, this approach that you've kind of defined about uh, turning your network into, into your marketing team, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and that goes with anything, right? Now, now that I have this ghostwriting agency and a team to lead and I'm, you know, stepping into, the, into executive leadership and all that, I find that I've just got to keep identifying and whittling away you know, there's stuff even that I'm, that I'm pretty good at it, but it's, it's a huge time suck for me. And I'm like, I've got to, I've got to put that in somebody else's hands. I can't focus on that anymore. And so if marketing is a daunting subject for you, and unless you're like Kimberly and you're a marketing strategist and, a, and, and somebody who does it for a living, the best way I can think of to, to make it begin to work in your favor is to have more than one person working on it. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your approach then, because what you talk about is influencer networking, right? How to how to kind of take the network that you have, whether it's big, whether it's small, whether you're just starting out and turn them into a marketing force that brings people in who are already, uh, you know, a couple steps closer to being ready to talk to you, right? These aren't people who have never heard of you before who are like, eh, I'm not sure if I want to have that conversation. They're a little bit closer, right? They're ready to have that first conversation. So what would you say is one of the, the first steps to get started with that? Well, when I talk about influencer networking, um, a lot of people have asked me, what do you mean by influencer networking secrets? And I, and I say, it, it, it's, it's just what it sounds like. It's the secrets of networking with influencers, and it's the secrets of how influencers network. And if you take the word influence, right, and, and, and you apply it in the sense of marketing, it's much the same as, in a figurative sense, as plastering your logo on a billboard somewhere. You're just imprinting your message and your value on another human soul who's going to carry it somewhere and, and give it to somebody, right? So the way I see it, if I go out there consistently 
in the in the this is what worked in the insurance world. It certainly works now in the digital world, but it's a, it's a different thing now um, because I'm doing it worldwide. But in the insurance days, my my practice was just to be a habitual presence at all of the large and several of the small gatherings of the business community. Wherever they went, I was going to be there. And if they didn't show up, they'd they'd I'd catch them with social media. I knew how to program Facebook to to con- make sure I showed up on their radar that way. But when I show up, but of course, that's part of the equation. The other part is when you show up, what do you deliver, right? What do you bring that triggers that principle of reciprocity? Not that you go there with a manipulative intent of, you know, saying, well, now I've done this for you. Now you have to do something for me. It's, it's a, that's why I talk uh, about the, the avatar, my personal avatar of the radically generous entrepreneur. I go and show up and add value whether I get anything out of it directly or not. I, uh, I've learned that many times the people where I sow seeds aren't where I reap benefits from, but the two are inextricably linked by virtue of the fact that I'm willing to be generous in the first place. And I know that because as soon as I turn off the generosity spigot and become self-centered and, self, uh, and, and self-absorbed, uh, leads and referrals and recommendations stop. <laughs> so it, <laughs> it's one of those things, it's intuitive, right? But the clearest way I can think to explain it is you're, you're turning your, the people you know who like you and trust you and love you and honor you, respect you, whatever, you're turning them into walking, talking billboards for you. And you do this, again, it's, not a, it's nothing manipulative. It's just a, a natural byproduct of a generous spirit that shows up consistently in front of the right people. I can definitely see, you know, this this mentality in uh, a lot of different aspects of business and in marketing and in my world as well. Um, I'm very involved in a couple of JV communities, which is joint ventures for those of it of you who don't know what that is. Basically, it's a exchanging promotions of each other's stuff or exchanging saying, Hey, somebody came to me for this. That's not really what I do, but I know someone who does let me introduce you to them. And I, I do believe that, uh, that's kind of been my whole approach with business from the beginning is, well, how can I help others and how can I, you know, be a, be somebody who is giving value. That's my whole approach to marketing too. Like everything you create, whether it's a sales page, whether it's an email, whether it's a social post should be giving value to the person who's going to read it. And I can definitely see what you're talking about, where if you are giving that value to somebody else, somebody else might see it. And that's what triggers them to be like, oh, you know what? I think this person knows what they're talking about. They've given uh, this other person a lot of value. Let me see if I can if I can connect with them further. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Sometimes it's that way. Other times, Kim, I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away by it. The, 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 the best, the most memorable thing I can think of was that uh, for, for, several, for several years, as a matter of fact, I became involved as a male MC in local Miss America pageants. Don't ask me how I did this. I didn't, you know, my sister didn't compete in them growing up. I didn't know anything <laughs> about it. I just made friends who were, who were already serving on the boards and stuff like that. And they liked the way that I did public speaking and they invited me to do it. The point is... I was sitting there in my office one day. By this time, they asked me to participate in the fundraising. And so I'm sitting there, I'm writing a letter to raise funds for a a pageant sponsorship that's coming up in a few months away. 
I'm writing a letter. I'm not even prospecting or thinking about selling insurance and the phone rings. And it's, it has, it's, it's someone who has absolutely nothing to do with the pageant, not connected to anybody I know who's participating in the pageant. They just, they, they got referred from somebody completely the opposite end of the spectrum and said, Hey, I, I, I was supposed to give you a call. So-and-so told me you could help me with my insurance. <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> like, I know these two are connected. I, I'm not saying they're, they're, I, they could be, you know, miles apart in terms of six degrees of separation, but the, but not spiritually, right. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a wavelength that I'm operating on that's causing that to happen. So yes to your question. And even more so it, they can have absolutely nothing to do with each other. And it's still, in my opinion, it's connected. I like that approach. Although <laughs> Miss America emceeing. Okay. That's, <laughs> you've got a very storied background for sure. And, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the process then and what that might look like for people. So they, they're wanting to, get into networking a little bit more, right? And uh, I think so far what we've talked about is just being there, being present, showing up, participating consistently, obviously doing follow-up and, uh, you know, being able to give value whenever you kind of are present in, in the place. Are there any other steps that people should consider or that you've seen work really well? Well, so here's the thing. Kim, what, what happened for me, one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons I eventually transitioned out of the local insurance market was that I got, I got, so, I got such good results out of the networking I was doing that I, was, I had been long suspected. There, there's, something, there's something to this. There has to be something more to this than just getting insurance referrals. Not that I would complain about insurance referrals, but I said... I, I, I have to be able to do something more with this. I mean, it's magic, right? I'm literally making magic happen just by, you know, showing up and talking and, and being myself. And that's not historically what I've been taught how magic is done. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about this and eventually the, the networking didn't dry up, but everything else dried up. And I ended up getting fired from my last insurance job because I hadn't sold anything for like six months. And that was what brought me into entrepreneurship. Sign from the universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I get brought in. I, so I'd made the decision to go into entrepreneurship. And I said, you know, I, th- I want to find out how I can do networking at a more advanced level than I've done it. So this is a roundabout way of me telling you the the real thing I would tell people to keep in mind um, and, and I write about this in my book. When you show up, peep, there's, you know, you get a room full of people there or, or however you do it, you do it on a Zoom call these days. You have to remember that the people around you are, are not just other human bodies walking around. And I know we don't think of them that way, but we, we, we don't think of them multidimensionally. So here's what I mean. When I meet people, I think of them as a living, breathing story. And I know this is true because, because when I ask them the three big questions that I talk about in my book, it's like something magic comes over them. And, and all of a sudden, they think I'm one of the most interesting people in the world. And I'm not saying anything, right? I'm not doing a big flash and song and dance type of thing. I'm just asking them these three questions that I'm like, I know these are going to work. Because I know that the human life is a, is a huge 
compendium of stories. It's a huge, it's story upon story upon story. So when I ask the questions that dig a little bit, you know, this is now this is, this is not like doing a biography, right? We're not talking about all the way back to when you were born. Right. Not about, your life story, but <laughs> we're talking about the last few weeks, the last few days, right up to the present and the neck and the near future. Right. And if you can get people talking about those and then you double down on it because, you know, you, because you learn how to think like a journalist or an interviewer when you're talking to them, you'll get all the information you need to not only add value to them, but also you sort of set up that reciprocity, that well of reciprocity right then and there. Uh, many times I've, I've had that happen. I've just pursued my natural line of questioning. And before I can look around, I'm being recommended, introduced, uh, somebody saying, I want to meet with you. The person I've been talking with says, you know, actually, I, I do want to talk to you about writing a book or whatever it is. And I'm just like, if people could get that in their heads to treat the human beings they, they encounter in a, in a networking function as stories, living, breathing stories, that's my, that's my one piece of advice. It takes practice. It's not, you can't master it in, in 30 seconds or less, <laughs> but it's not that hard either. And it doesn't require being a, you know, a brilliant erudite conversationalist. It, it's, it's more about being curious and, and, and being a great listener. And so I, I often tell introverted people, you can do this too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You, you've, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, right? You've used the big fun word erudite, which is, uh, you get bonus kudos points for that one. And, uh, you know, making it so that introverts can do it too. You know, I, am actually quite the introvert. I get put into a group of lots of people and I'm like, I have to talk to these people, but I don't know where to start. I'm not really comfortable with it. I've gotten much better over the years just by running my own business. But I will say that uh, it's a great approach to have and it's a great mentality to have, especially in the world of you know business and running a, uh, running a business, being an entrepreneur. I find that I'm trying to kind of change people's perspectives myself on uh, how they look at marketing and stop using the word lead generation and start mm. using the, the phrase um, audience attraction. Just because it, when you think of lead generation, uh, people look at it as a numbers game. And it's just, a, I need more names. I need more names. I need more names. And most of them then neglect anything after they get those names, right? They get those names and that's it. They're on their list. Okay, cool. And let me go find more new people. And they forget the part about nurturing, about connecting with people, about staying connected, about engaging. And I'm, I wanted to change the conversation around that a little bit. So I love your approach of, you know, just looking at individuals as a real people, right? These aren't just uh, conversations you're going to have so you can get them onto your list. These are actual real conversations you're going to have with real actual live people who all have their own story and who've all uh, had their own journey to getting to where they are, to where they're having a conversation with you. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, I mean, if you think about it, the people who we are friends and have close relationships with. One of my great mentors, John Eldridge, said this, um, story is the language of the heart. And what, what we often fail to do in marketing and sales and business is we might be pretty good at, at being cerebral, at, at catching their, you know, at, 
appealing to the intellect, but that doesn't drive the whole, the whole human machine. You got to drive both. Right. You need to drive the emotions and the logic. Correct. And so when we gather with the, the people we're closest to, what do we do? We swap stories, right? You get, mm-hmm. get together with a buddy of mine. Oh, you're not going to believe what happened to my car, right? <laughs> so what, what, what? What's the story? That's I had to doing. turn it on for the first time in four months. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, actually had to, I actually had to drive it somewhere, <laughs> right? Um, so we're, we're always telling each other stories. And yet, we're, and yet for, for many people, they're, they're simply not aware. They're not conditioned to think of that as an asset, uh, particularly in business. But to me, it's everything. Definitely. I'm, I'm all about stories, right? Uh, it's one of the big things that I teach, especially in like my workshops is how to, how to figure out how to start capturing stories to start sharing in your marketing. Because again, people like stories. People remember stories. If you tell somebody a story, they're a lot more likely to remember it than if you tell them a bunch of facts. Even if the uh, end goal, right? Even if the end information you want people to know is the same, they're going to remember the story version a lot more likely than they are going to remember just the, the list of achievements, for example. Absolutely. So we've talked a lot about, uh, you know, networking and, and how to approach networking in a way that makes sense for business owners. And let's just talk a really, really briefly here. You know, we're all about uh, getting your audience in and, and then moving your audience uh, into becoming customers or converting them in some way. So give me a, a brief introduction of, of how, how do you do that? How do you uh, get clients in and, uh, you know, where do you find your audience and, and what What's the process look like to get them from strangers to loyal fans? Well, you know, like um, one of the interesting parallels between insurance and ghostwriting is that they are both tremendously relational oriented businesses. So if you sell, if you're listening to this and you sell a product, this may, there may be more steps or this may be a little bit more complicated or I may be a little bit too simple. I don't know. I, you know, it, it's, it's too subjective based on someone's business. But let me just say this. If you are in any sort of business where relationships are really critical, the, the process of converting someone through relationships into a client is, is a slower sales cycle, generally speaking. But it's also a much re- much more rewarding some rewarding one because let's face it, there's plenty of people, especially in insurance, there were thousands of people who did what I did. And ghostwriting, you know, there's plenty of people who do that too. I'm not the only person who does it, and so it has to be a relationship where someone feels very very comfortable with you. Yep, and in marketing speak, it's what we call building the no like and trust factor. But it's true because. Uh, if you're going to take the time for someone to get to know you and you to get to know them, not only will they become your clients and customers, right? But they're, they're the ones who are going to stick around. They're the ones who are going to stay for longer. They might spend more with you, but they're also the ones who are going to be super eager. You're not even going to have to ask, right? It's just going to be like, oh my gosh, this person, they were looking for something like this. You're the person I want to tell them about. So I'm just going to tell them about you. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, here, the parallel, between uh, marketing and ghostwriting is both you and I are attempting to carry to the marketplace a message on behalf of the client. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very good ventriloquists, right? We have to be very good at receiving that message, which means we, we should be very curious interviewers with ears that do twice as much talking as our mouths. 
And on the other end, we have to be very faithful at conveying that message. And so I go back here to what I said earlier, Kim, which is that when I show up, I'm very, very determined and defined as to how I'm going to show up. So I'm just not going, there are certain things I've decided ahead of time. I'm just not going to do. Um, I'm not going to cold, you know, cold email spam your inbox. I just don't do it. Right. I, I, I don't care if you can tell me, Oh, I, I got a hundred new clients for this guy last month. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm glad you did. I don't do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to, I mean, it, there may come a day where I've got to deal with some cold traffic at the moment. I don't want cold traffic because I don't know those people. I don't know enough about them. And there's too much suspicion going into the first phone call. Whereas a warm introduction from a, a respected professional or a, you know, a current client better yet telling someone else about me saying, I hired this man. You should hire him too. He got me. He did great content. He got me results blah, 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 blah. Uh, that's just that, that I'm playing in a totally different sandbox when, when I do that. So again, I'm, I'm just, you know, in, in chapter seven of my book, I talk about becoming a curator of yourself and you, you know, and that has a ripple effect. So you start inwardly and then it works its way out and there begins to be only a certain type of client you'll deal with and only a certain type of person who becomes your referral partner. And they, they tend to line up pretty, pretty solid. They all are that they all are in the same general psychographic category. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so it, it becomes a very high closing ratio, but I, I will admit it is a slower audience attraction slash, um, <laughs> slash conversion process. Well, you know, that's that's the age-old argument, right? I believe it's I'm not sure if it's actually an ASAP tale or not, but you know, the 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 tortoise and the hare, right? Mm-hmm. Who's gonna win the race? And more importantly, who's gonna win the race uh, in a way that makes the, the race worth it. So uh Paul, I want to say thank you for for coming on, for talking about your journey and and how networking has become such a huge part of your business building repertoire. If People have listened to all of these different steps and a lot of the the different information that we've given them. What would you say is that first step someone needs to take? Well, you know, the first step with, you mean the first step with networking, I take it. Correct. First step to start making networking work for you. The first thing I'm going to say is, is start showing up consistently. And and you don't have to be the life of the party right away. One of the things that I abide by anytime I'm in a new social situation is I'm going to, I'm going to take it slowly at first. I, I'm not going to feel rushed. Like I've got to make a huge impression. You know, if you go into it and you're like, I'm desperate, I've got to make sales, I've got to make money or I'm going to go broke. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You you have to come at it. That's why my first, the first chapter is called be a magnet, not a pusher. Right. And you, you've got to go in there at peace with yourself, relaxed about the outcomes no pressure, no hassle. I'm just, I'm just here to meet people and, and see if I can make myself useful, right? And um, if they want to talk much beyond that, you'll probably get into a conversation. And if not, you can just casually, you can be a, an, a, an observer of how things go and who tends to be in, you know, the, the influential people within the group. And, uh, and you can introduce yourself and, and all that kind of stuff, but don't go there to sell. 
Don't go, go there. Don't go there to transact business. Go there for business reasons. A little subtle distinction there, but that's the best way I can think to say it. That is the golden tip of the entire interview. Don't go there to sell. Go there to have business conversations. It's true, right? Um, if I go to a networking event, my goal is usually something like I want to have three meaningful conversations with somebody. Mm-hmm. because I want to meet people. I want to have a chance to actually talk with them. That's the big goal. Because if you, if you go in there thinking, all right, I'm going to get seven clients out of this, well, then the <laughs> way you're approaching it is just completely different. So if people want to learn more about you and what you do and, and the book that you've uh, mentioned, uh, where can they find out that information? Well, there's several places. The, um, the ebook just became available. So Influencer Networking Secrets, the book, you can get that on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com the electronic version, the official print paperback version will be available later on in March, April. And uh, also, um, I am giving away a free PDF copy of it if you want to sign up on my website. Uh, that is www.thepauls, as in Simon, edwards.com. And there's that. Uh, I also host a podcast where we hope that um, Kim will soon be a guest. It it is also called Influencer Networking Secrets. It's available on iTunes and everywhere else fine podcasts are sold. (laughs) It's called Apple Podcasts now. Apple Podcasts and Spotify (laughs) and all all that good stuff. So you're sure to find it. And um, other than that, uh, if you want to reach out to me over social media, uh, my handle is always the same. It's at the Paul S. Edwards. The Paul S. Edwards. Awesome. Well, everyone, do be sure to go and grab a copy of the PDF version. All of those links will be in the show notes as always. And uh, Paul, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom today. Emma, it was great to be here. Uh, So lovely to talk to you and uh, would love to have you over on Influencer Networking Secrets sometime soon. Uh, That will definitely be happening. So keep an eye out. All right, everybody. Until next time, keep calm and carry on. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.